0: This is the Websites.ca podcast, where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence.
1: everybody, Sean Corbett here at Websites.ca Marketing.
0: And Ryan Demaray here from Websites.ca Sales.
1: Before we get into the main topic of this episode, I just wanted to catch up with you, Ryan. So... I think you were telling me before we hopped on the recording here that you've been getting a couple of questions or at least one question lately, uh, that has come through support about domains. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Domain names and specifically domain name ownership, you know, simple questions like, Hey, who owns the domain? Do we own it? Do you guys as our website manager own the name? Like who owns it? How does that work? And, um, This, I think, is really important for people to know because your domain name is really a key part of your website, of course, and your email hosting. It's all tied in together. And when it becomes a problem is if your domain expires or something goes wrong with your domain, if you don't know where it's managed or who's managing it or whose ownership it is, um, it can leave you high and dry and kind of scrambling with A broken system broken email broken website so to make things and to make life easy on our customers we manage the domain names for our customers so we take care of the renewal of the domain and all the technical aspect of the domain Uh, but the ownership always stays with the business so the business owns the domain push comes to shove if you cancel your service with us or need to migrate away for any reason we can give you access to your domain, it's very simple. Um, but often, some of our customers will manage their own domains, sometimes in GoDaddy accounts or other registrars in, in Canada or the US, and that's fine, we can manage those accounts. But the challenge comes when, if you don't remember where the domain is managed, you know, if it's not managed by us and you don't remember and it expires or something goes wrong, then it's kind of a, a scramble. So, one of the topics that uh, we wanted to talk about today was kind of being prepared in an emergency, emergency preparedness. And I think knowing about your domain and where it's managed and um, how the renewal works is is a good point um, uh, to add to this emergency prepared list.
1: Yeah, and also just to clarify for the listeners that when Ryan says that we manage or you know manage slash control domains for clients. There are different roles that you can assign to a domain, right? So you can have a, a manager and you can have an owner. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we'd always recommend that the company always stays the owner. So one of the other sort of emergency prep things you can do is is to check and see who's listed as the owner because a lot of times I think you can, you can back this up, Ryan. We've mm-hmm. went to build someone a new website or switch them over to our system. And uh, we look and we say, "Well, oh, I found this name listed as your domain owner. Who is that?" Well, that's an old IT guy I worked with ten years ago. I don't even know if he's alive or dead or whatever. And you're like, "Okay, well, I have to fill out some paperwork to get that domain back." So, you know, if anything, if you take anything from this podcast, you can go and check immediately. You know, who is the owner of your domain? You don't have to panic about the manager of it because usually the manager just. You know, does the technical upkeep, make sure it gets renewed and everything. But yep. check and see who the owner is. you you, as the business owner, should be the owner, somebody you trust, somebody close to you, not a random contractor, right? Notice that we didn't say we put ourselves as the owner of the domains that we manage. We would never do that. It's just it's just bad business practice. So just to add that point to what you're saying,
0: thanks for clarifying that. And that's exactly right. There's multiple contacts listed for a domain and and simply put there's your your ownership contact and then your administrative technical contact so whenever we manage or, or renew domains for customers we always set them up as as the owner so if there's any reason for them to switch or change things it's not a huge pain in the pain in the rear to to take over management of the domain but yeah if there's a separate um, owner listed then you have to go through this change protocol and it's just more hoops to jump through. So again, you're trying to make life life easy and simple when it comes to domain management.
1: And that kind of brings us to the topic of today and the reason why I chose this topic is it's sort of near and dear to me right now As I uh, as I sit next to my front door with a whole bunch of packed bags. I'm out here in British Columbia and people may have heard, depending on when you're listening to this, you may have heard that the province is consumed by wildfires. So a lot of us are on alert right now Um, And some people have been evacuated. Luckily, we haven't yet. Um, But this isn't our first rodeo, luckily enough. So the last time this happened, and we did get evacuated, I thought to myself, well, gee, I should have had a bag packed with at least some basic clothing items, you know, we had to run out to Walmart and buy shirts and underwear and all that <laughs> to tie yeah. us over. Uh basic clothing items. Uh we have a pet. So we're, on, you know, with special pet food we wanted to have that squirreled away. Uh, just, you know, just things like that. Um and so yeah, Ryan and I were talking about how can we sort of relate that to to owning a website. And so we're going to go through a little checklist today for you guys. So you can see that you're prepared. Cause of course, the worst time to prepare is when you need it. You have to be prepared ahead of time. Uh, and that's what the domain thing is, is so great. You know, you do not want to find out the stuff that Ryan was saying, uh, you know, when your domain is, is up for renewal or heaven forbid has actually expired. So, uh, to, you know, to jump into it, first thing I would, I would say, well, we're actually going to take a category. The category is called managed hosting. You may have heard of us talk about this before. Um, when we're when we're taking care of, of a website, we sort of have a bundle of things we do for the hosting. It's not just simply keeping the website online. So part of a good, modern, secure host, and, and you could look into your own hosting, if you don't work with websites.ca right now, you can look into your own provider and make sure these things are done for you. Because again, they, need to, they should be done ahead of time rather than after the fact. Um, the three things that I was thinking of are nightly backups, Uh, SSL certificate or security certificate for your website, Uh and uh, the type of managed hosting that has auto updates turned on for security purposes. It's not really for design purposes or, or new tech purposes. Those kind of updates maybe should be reviewed and done manually because they can fundamentally change your website, but there are security updates that should be turned on automatically. So, Ryan, did you want to jump in there and kind of dive deeper on any one of those three topics?
0: Yeah, I'd love to, because um, I, I fully agree with this. Um, an old adage of mine that I hope um, some of our listeners will will take away from this uh, this podcast is, um, and I've, I've, I've uh, believed in this since kind of my first interaction with computers, it's not a matter of if it's going to break, it's a matter of when. And that is... Becoming less and less true with the kind of data redundancy we have and advances in, in storage technology, you know, with computers, you know, not that long ago, using mainly mechanical hard drives to do your storage. Now we're switching over to flash memory that's not mechanical, but still flash memory has a, has a life cycle and it, it can corrupt and, and um, lose your data. So the, the first topic I want to talk about is nightly backups. So make sure no matter where your, your website is managed, whether it's with websites.ca or or somewhere else, it's a good idea that the system is being backed up. Um, it doesn't need to be nightly. I think nightly is, um, I think pretty common uh, daily backups, but I've seen some providers do do weekly backups and that's okay too. As long as there's some element of a backup being performed on your WordPress website. Because again, thinking about the adage, it's not a matter of if it's going to break, it's when. And when it breaks, you want to have that ability to easily roll back to yesterday or last week without having to rebuild everything from scratch or do a bunch of troubleshooting. Um, As website managers, we know how much easier it is to just flip that switch and go back to yesterday um, than it is to try and get in there and figure out exactly what went wrong and how it's fixable. Is it even fixable? Do we have to just rebuild this whole thing? So really having a backup solution, Sean, I think is is so crucial in today's. Yeah, and, and
1: and to and to point out to people too, before you gloss over that, right? Oh, it sounds technical. Oh, it's Ryan's talking about technology and <laughs> da-da-da. Um, actually the backup protects against the number one thing that can wreck your website, which is human error. It's almost always human error. It's very rare technical failure in this case, because what we're talking about is, you know, maybe you have a staff, maybe yourself, um, maybe, Hey, look, everybody messes up. Like Ryan said, maybe we're training a new staff member and we turn around or we turn back and they click something on the website and deleted a page, right? It's happened. It's happened. Um, it's happened, and and you know, rather than having to spend a whole bunch of extra time, delay the work, getting back to you, if you know, if it was our fault, or in your case, if your staff member does something, these backups, man, it's just like lightning fast to go back and just erase the mistake that was made. So you really can't emphasize enough how you know how much of a great preventative measure it is, and, and most providers have some. Level of it, right? So this is not a scare yes. tactic to tell you no. you don't have it, but just please check that you have it and how the how the process works, and then that way you can be secure knowing if anything goes wrong, it's actually not really that big of a deal.
0: Yep, exactly, and especially nowadays too. With you know, as you said, Sean, you're right. Human error is probably the number one reason why why issues happen nowadays. But there's also things like unauthorized access that happens on on WordPress websites where, you know, usually it's again due to human error, it's very rare that we've seen like a brute force attack actually work on, on the sites that we manage anyways, where someone's just trying a bunch of passwords and succeeds after the 3,000th thir- try. Um, usually what happens is a password gets leaked somehow, like it was sent in an email or or, Post it in an unsecure place, and um, and then unauthorized access happens. They put some spammy stuff on your website or link to some uh, not safe for work websites, and you want that fixed right away, obviously. So using a backup is is one way to to easily address those kind of concerns as well. So backups super important for your emergency plan.
1: Mm-hmm. And then what about uh, what are your opinions on the SSL certificate and the uh, automatic security updates?
0: Yeah, good. Uh, So uh, automatic security updates, very key. Again, the internet is changing so quickly. It just, just recently, there was an announcement about um, um, the Microsoft operating system, having a a printer spool uh, issue won't get too technical um, in the podcast here, but bottom line is there's constantly security patches coming out to patch these holes in the technology. And it's a good idea to, to, plug in those those big security patches right away. And usually with WordPress uh, systems, you can have those security updates happen automatically behind the scenes. Um, but as Sean had uh, alluded to as well, it's actually not a good idea to run all of your updates automatically. Because as Sean mentioned, sometimes if you run an update for your theme, let's say, or your form provider, that can sometimes change how that Theme looks or how your forms work, and if you do that without knowing that you're doing it, you could break little small elements of the website or change how your website looks without even knowing it. So, you want to be cautious about what you choose to automatically back up. But the security updates, definitely, that's um, something you want to to run automatically to patch those security holes um, as they happen.
1: Yeah, in uh, in website design talk, uh, when we're when we're talking about WordPress. When we say theme, we basically just mean the look, the design, and the layout of your website. That's kind of one layer of building a WordPress website. and then another layer is the the platform itself. And then a final layer, like Ryan used the example of forms or let's say photo galleries or whatever. the The third layer can be what they call plugins, which you can just think of as add-ons, modules, what have you. So if you have these three separate elements working, you know that's to, to let you know what goes on behind the scenes of a, of a modern website host they're kind of balancing all these things. Right. And um, it's not really efficient to be constantly going in and updating all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can let them ride for a certain period of time. Um, But yeah, the, the security updates, they happen automatically because Ryan said like to protect against attacks. The other two, the the plugins, which are your add-ons and modules and the theme, which is your design and look, um, you know, that can that can go quite a bit longer without being updated and is something that should be manually reviewed before it's done. and you can you can count that in the emergency preparedness thing is that part of the process is to manually review it so that one thing doesn't break another thing. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's not it's not about having everything on automatic uh, flick the switch and then it, it runs by itself. It's about having processes and expectations in place to understand how, how and when change could occur, and what to do if it doesn't go according to plan, which is really the overarching theme of what we're talking about
0: here. Absolutely, and that's and just final note about the uh, the updates on on the back end of the website. It's something that I that I run into often where I'm helping a, a customer do an update, or or we're looking at the back end of the website together, and we see some updates that are sitting there, and you know WordPress will. You know, your your website will flag you. Hey, there's some updates available for this plugin or that plugin, and you know, anybody would think, oh, there's updates available. We should run those updates for for certain plugins. We actually don't recommend running those plugin updates as soon as they become available, for that reason. Of hey, this we don't know how well this plugin, this new plugin update will, pl- if it will play nice with all of your other plugins and your theme, because it's brand new and it hasn't been tested in this environment yet. So we actually recommend manually update those, those plugins and, you, and for our clients, leave it up to us because we do those updates for our clients on their behalf. They don't have to run updates. So if you're logged in on the back end and you see those updates, we recommend actually just leave it to us. And if you notice that, that they've been there for a while, send us an email and say hey guys you know i see some updates here can we get those those processed and then we can go in and and manually take care of those for you
1: And of course, you know, if if you're in a different type of plan with a different type of provider and you're paying by the hour, then maybe you're slightly more nervous and you think, well, I could probably just do it myself. So that's actually one of the reasons why we put people on a kind of a a management plan where they get quite a bit of support hours built in, Mm -hmm. because it just it just pays to ask the expert first rather than kind of jumping ahead and and. And, and that'll also protect you against some of the other stuff we're talking about with domains and stuff. That's that's how people trick you and get that human error when you make a rash decision. So that's why we're we're planning ahead before before making a rash decision.
0: And another final thought about that too. That really about plugins and updates. This ties into the backup topic. That if your host is running daily backups, and you you want to go ahead and make those updates go, go ahead and do it for, even for those optional updates, run them and then check the website, make sure everything looks good. But if it breaks something or you're getting an error or something along those lines, you can rely, uh, lean on that backup. There you go. Restore back to yesterday. And now, you know, okay, those, the batch of updates I did on those plugins broke something. So let's, you know, then you can kind of narrow down where, where you're having an issue.
1: Exactly. And that brings us to the final sort of the third thing that encompasses this special type of hosting. And that was the security certificates. I, we don't, you know, we don't need to, like you said, Ryan, we don't need to get yeah. too technical on the podcast. Um, only thing people really need to know about this is that again, almost every modern host is doing it. If you have a super yes. old website, uh, you, you know, your site may not show as secure when you go to log in or something. It doesn't really actually make mm-hmm. that much of a big deal, right? These warnings scare people. Oh, my website's not secure, but most people are not running e-commerce websites. It's not that big of a deal. But uh, folks, when we were talking about this before we recorded, what we realized is that it it kind of, it fits the preparedness theme for a different reason. And a different reason is that Google has said they are going to weigh whether or not your website is secure, meaning you have this thing called an SSL certificate that your host can get for you. Um, They are going to weigh that in their search engine results. Now, all of our evidence has shown they're not weighing it very, very heavily right now. All the more reason to go ahead and do it and check it off your list because at some point in the future, if they do decide to weigh it heavily, then you will be prepared. You won't get dinged. You won't get pushed down. The, uh, the search results so that's the best thing to focus on with the SSL certificate you don't really need to deep dive into how it works or anything like that but that Google might want it one day and therefore we
0: all provide it now exactly right Sean nail on the hitting the nail on the head Google says hey do this <laughs> Google says jump we usually as as web developers say how high when one search engine holds a a ninety-plus percent market share in North America. That's that's who you got to focus your your attention on. And uh, yeah, a few years back they made that announcement. Hey, we want all all websites to use security certificates. And from from that point, we've been we've been following suit. And like Sean said, it's not a a massive difference that you're going to notice in your website's operation or really its search engine rank either. But Google has said that that it looks at that as a consideration and. If I were a betting man, I'd say they're going to weigh that more heavily as the years go on.
1: Yep, not, not a magical switch. You know, if you don't have nope. a certificate today, you go and get it tomorrow. It's not like you're going to get better, you know, you're not going to get better exposure on the search engines. That's not what we're saying. Nope. We're just saying at some point in the future, it's going to be weighed, especially if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. So better, better just to do it. And, and most people will provide it for free. Listen, yep. if if you go to your provider and they're not willing to set you up with a basic SSL certificate for free. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say there's probably a bunch of other, you know, uh, uh, up-to-date modern thing measures they're not taking, and you should probably consider chatting with someone like us to, to switch your website over. So there's my plug in the middle of the podcast. There you go. Uh, moving on now quickly before anyone gets upset that they were, you know, <laughs> I tried to sell them something. Um, the next one I wanted to bring up. This one is kind of a. You're gonna people are gonna laugh at the simplicity of it, but listen. We have seen so many bad examples of this, and this has to do with images, particularly the logo. You do not know how many times as web designers, we are trying to build a website that is attractive, a professional looking, consistent with someone's brand. And we say, yeah, just send us your logo. Oh, I don't have it. Oh, well, we have to hunt that down. Well, can't you just use the one that's online? Yeah, that's hundred pixels by hundred pixels. It's, you know, it looks like it was made in 1993. Um, so, so keep your keep keep your original high quality versions of your logo. If you don't have them, again, put this on your to do list immediately after the podcast. Look for your old emails. Contact the original graphic designer or local company or what, whoever, right? Whoever did it for you. Reach out and say, "Hey, listen, do you still have a copy of this? Just to see." Um, and and again, Ryan, I'm sure you can talk. Uh, you know, you can talk about a lot of different. A lot of different tech use cases where this has come up in the past, not just for logos, but for images. Um, I'll just kind of put a point on it and, then, and let you say your piece. Um, guys, you can get free storage at, at, through Gmail slash Google Drive. And, uh, and you can basically just title, label, organize all of your important main images for your business, store them there. I'm talking the original versions, right? Like from your phone, from your camera, whatever, many, many megabytes large. It's always easier for a web designer to shrink than it is to grow bigger. So keep those original large images, use the free storage that's available online. And you, know, you never know in the future when it's gonna come up, when you're gonna get asked for those files. So it's better to have them on hand already.
0: Totally agree, Sean, with everything you said. And just adding to that too, putting your logo files on a USB stick or an external storage drive is great. But it's not enough. Um, Because I've often ran into people where, oh, yeah, I have it on this stick. But I think I brought that stick to uh, to my uh, mother in law's house to share some family photos with and you know, I got to track that stick down because that's where all my stuff is. It's like, well, that That's the problem with the physical backup, is if you don't know where it is, or it's not always in a safe, uh, consistent place, well, then your data isn't always safe and consistent. And that's where Sean says the benefit of using a cloud storage solution, like Gmail, perfect example, get a free Gmail account, you got some cloud storage there through Google Drive. Or even Dropbox, I believe they still offer the free storage up to, I think it's, it's not large, but I think it's a gigabyte or two you can get for free with a a free Dropbox account. Um, So these are tools that you could leverage for free, put your information in there, it'll be there when you need it again, Um, and just... you will be asked for it, whether it's your web people or your marketing company, signage company, printer printing you business cards, whatever it may be, to have that organized in one place is a is a really smart idea.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, we talked about this in another podcast. So I won't belabor the point, but Ryan and I are big fans of organizing your data. And so you can also go too much in the opposite direction, which is we've seen people save everything. Every photo. Oh, I'm going to take a product photo. Well, I'm going to take 45 angles of that product photo, right. and and it's great when you originally do it to have those choices. But when we're talking about saving data, being prepared for the future, uh, what you don't want to do is have to go through a thousand photos again to find the five that you that you want. So I would always say, I do this for all my clients. You save a top level of, of photos for branding. That would usually be logos colors maybe some you know one or two promotional pictures that you send out to media so on yep. Yep. Um, and then if you want to of course you can keep originals of everything that you've ever taken but keep them on a you know uh further down the folder tree right call, call that something like archive or all original photos or whatever but have your branding stuff right front and center with just the good pictures And yeah, if you want to keep, you know, a thousand photos from the past, you may need more than that free Dropbox account.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is true. That's true. Bingo. Um,
1: And then, you know, there was one other thing, like this whole concept of, of, keeping backups of things and maybe having two, right? Like I like what you said about the physical is not enough, but I love it when someone does physical and cloud just to give yep. themselves, you know, both um, that applies as well to your account passwords, your website, passwords, your email, password, all the passwords, your staff and, and, and so on uses, you know, what what are you doing right now to manage those things? And so, Rai, I think you have a couple ideas, a couple options that people could look into for password management. <laughs>
0: For sure. So passwords, everybody uh, hates them these days. You know, I I still remember the days, you know, 15, uh, 15 or so years ago, where everybody just used one password for everything. They usually used password as their password, or like
1: one two three four five.
0: One two three four five, or h- however many the the required amount of characters was. If you need yeah. eight characters, one two three four five six seven eight. <laughs> um so we're obviously in a different era now where those passwords just don't uh don't cut it and I never recommend to anybody to use such simple passwords especially on accounts that matter. Um but it's really tough to keep these the juggle of passwords organized. So there's there's a few different recommendations that I have that you could look into. So first and foremost there is password management services that are that are excellent. Um, the one that I've used in the past, I believe it's called LastPass. And essentially, it's a password manager management program where you can plug in all of your accounts, and it'll keep track of it. And it, it's got a browser um, uh, plugin install. So it'll plug into your Google Chrome or your Safari browser and remember your passwords. And uh, I believe it, it also has a mobile app on your phone. So it's really slick. It's a paid service. Um, or I believe you could it's freemium where you can use it for, you know, one or two accounts for free, and then you pay beyond that. But really, really slick way of keeping your passwords organized. But another suggestion that I have is, is even just keeping a a text document um, on your computer somewhere that has your passwords listed. Now, this is not a tip based on security, of course. Um, That's a whole other topic. Um, And, and I wouldn't do this if you're using a shared work computer, let's say, probably not the best idea, or even a portable computer like a laptop that could get stolen or left behind somewhere. But if you have a desktop computer in your house, you're not having clients and people using that computer all the time, you know, having a, a text document saved somewhere, and, and you can... Uh, set passwords on the on these things as well but just organizing your accounts. This is one thing that I've done personally actually is I've created a Google document a, a Google spreadsheet, excuse me, and a bunch of my accounts I have listed um, in a spreadsheet with the name of the provider, you know, my my cable provider, my cell phone provider, etc. And then I have just the bare bones information about them. I have my the email account that I use for that account. Um, and then for the password field, I just have a little reminder of what the password is in there instead of for so for security purposes, for me, instead of writing out the whole password in my document, I just have a little like, reminder of like what the password is to cue me. Oh yeah, it's this one.
1: Interesting. So that's, you actually keep them all in your mind and then you have a little mnemonic, a little, a little
0: key. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That, that reminds me of, of the password instead of having them written out. Now I've got a bit of a, I wouldn't say a photographic memory, but I've got a thing for passwords. I can remember really obscure combinations of letters and numbers. And I have been able to do that for years. So that's, that's not common, I would say, but just, to sum up this this topic, keeping a list of your accounts and passwords I think is a smart thing, and keeping that list secure, of course, for whatever level of security you want you you need it to be. Most small businesses, you know, keeping it in a, a specific folder or, or your your Google Drive, something like that, is usually sufficient. But if you have some really confidential stuff, if you're a lawyer or a doctor or something like that where you're dealing with legal documents that matter, you know, don't you know, throw my uh, advice out uh, out with the uh, the bathwater. Um, but if you're just doing a basic uh, small business uh, application, password management program like LastPass, really slick, or just even a document to keep things organized. It's really gonna—it it changed my uh, account game once I started doing that. That's for sure. I haven't been doing it forever. I—I I only started, I don't know, probably five years ago.
1: That's pretty hardcore. I mean, I have a Google Doc, like you said, with all the accounts, but I have yeah. to write the passwords out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, so we—we we may have found out. Here's a little Canadiana reference for anybody listening: that Ryan may be related to Ravine. If anybody remembers that, do, do you know who I'm talking about there?
0: ravine
1: (laughs) he's like a old school prairie uh hypnotist and magician maybe it's an alberta thing because i'm from alberta so he might have just played the alberta circuit but one of his his uh performances is that he'd go up and he'd like have people give him random strings of numbers and words and so on and he could remember them all
0: okay gotcha
1: so he must have had memory tricks but anyway that's what brought to mind with your
0: like, like, I'm not if familiar, if you, but I see, I'm, I'm looking at his wiki page right now. Yeah, people can look him up. Australian guy who performed mainly in Canada. Does that sound right? Sounds right. Does he have Ch- kind of, Ch- the beard? Yeah.
1: Sounds right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> if you want to get Ryan's passwords, you're going to literally you're going to have to like, you're going to have to lose fingers, Ryan. Someone's going to eh? have to get you in a dark room and they're going to be like, what does this mean? What is the password here? Yeah. They can just oh, go the- into my.
0: My the photos I am seeing, for our listeners out there, plug in <laughs> Peter Ravine into a Google image search and be amazed.
1: He's he's very mysterious. I think he has, like, if I remember correctly, he's got the, uh, the uh, magician goatee that every magician had to have at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a couple of different options. And if you want to go old school for your passwords, I know my dad used to do this is he just would write everything down on a physical piece of paper and like tape it underneath his computer desk. Now this yep. is when he, this is when he had a home office. So, I mean, if somebody's broken into the home at that point or, you know, you're, 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 you're breached, you're breached
0: but, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good yeah. point. Good point.
1: But, but that's pretty much it, everybody. This is not a, a, um, uh, Super difficult, complex, overly technical thing. But I'll bet you if you go through the list again, if you re-listen to the podcast, there's probably at least one of these things you may not be on top of. And mm-hmm. of course, I know it's not sexy. It's, you know, It may be a little bit of a pain, but take five minutes, sew it away, have that peace of mind. Uh, you know, Be like me right now with the helicopters hovering above my house, uh, <laughs> taking water from the lake. And here I am sitting by the door packed up ready to go at a moment's notice still recording a podcast with you guys so so there you go
0: yeah man that's scary stuff those uh those fires are not too far from you guys uh so you know stay stay safe over there we're 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 over here in winnipeg sean and and i'm sure our smoke isn't so much from your fires but because there's a bunch in um northeastern ontario i think that's what affecting us but it's looking at the smoke map um the smoke forecast I'm sure you're probably familiar with that that website I think it's firesmoke.ca. Wow. It's uh the whole country's covered in this uh wildfire smoke right now. It's
1: pretty wild yeah stuff. everybody is everybody's probably not breathing the best right now. So for sure we can all commiserate on that. But
0: yeah,
1: yeah at least in our in our case it's a trade off of living in paradise for most of the year is it That's occasionally true. right we have a wildfire season. So true. Yeah, just be prepared. I'm prepared here. You guys can be prepared with your website. Pretty much everything we said today does not cost a cent. So that's right. please, Please go out and do it.
0: For your, for in an emergency, for your website, for your domain, be prepared. If you're not
1: satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit business.websites.ca, that's B-U-S ines dot dot C-A or email Ryan directly at r y a n at websites.ca.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.